Hello, WestJet pilots and other podcast listeners. I'm Captain Desmond Jordan, and welcome to this edition of PyRep. I'm here today in Vancouver. I have the pleasure of being joined by our negotiations team, comprised of Captain Andrew Hamber. How are you today? Uh, I'm well, thanks, Des. Excellent. And uh, First Officer Tracy Law. I'm doing good, thanks, Des. Excellent. And also... First Officer Joel Lautenschlager. How are you today, Joel? I'm great. Thanks, Des. It's my first opportunity to sit down with you guys uh, in a podcast. Uh, Let me first uh, start off by saying on behalf of all the pilots, a very heartfelt thank you for all the work that you guys have put in. Uh, I've been an observer from the outside and seen some of it. You guys are the hardest working people uh, in this association, and uh, I think I can speak on behalf of all the pilots when I say thank you very much. Uh, Let me just start off by asking you a few questions about what we're doing here, what we've done already. Um, How have you guys felt about how the negotiations went went in general? Andrew, I'll start with you. Uh, Well, everything uh, actually went fairly well. Uh, Negotiations were always cordial with the company. Um, We had pushback on on lots of items, and and we pushed back on lots of items, but uh, but discussions were fairly cordial, and uh, I, I think it led to a better product. Excellent. Joel... Could I ask you, what do you think in the negotiations that we were involved in, what would you say your biggest takeaway was, your, the thing that you were most satisfied with that came out of negotiations? Well, Des, I think the biggest thing I've been satisfied with throughout the whole negotiations was the unity of the pilot group. Like, the company's tried every aspect imaginable, like, over the past four years to try and divide us, like, uh, with swoop being a separate position and everything else like the fact that we're able to remain united as a pilot group and achieve what we have today like i think that's truly remarkable i would agree with you 100 percent. you know i've been here for a long time and i can honestly say that these last six months i have not been prouder uh, at any point in my career at westjet to say that hey you know what i am a westjet pod so i think that uh you guys had a big part to do with that uh Many of the things that we did as an association had a part to do with that. But yeah, it's been a special time for me, I would say. Tracy, how about yourself? Can you think of anything that sticks out as exceptional or stands out as, as a real um, keynote, mo- keynote moment in these negotiations for you? Um, well, I think I'd like to push back on the, the comment that you made that we're the hardest working group in the association because I've looked around and with the SPSC um, and Christina and all the work that everybody else has put in and I've watched the LEC uh, elected reps and the MEC members and they've they've worked just as hard so I think it, it's watching those guys those volunteers put in the hours that was special for me I appreciate you throwing me under the bus there no I'm just kidding <laughs> I would agree with you 100%. Uh, there are many groups uh, within our association who've worked very, very hard, and uh, they're all the hardest working groups in the association. So you're 100% correct. Okay, so let's get down to some of the nuts and bolts of uh, our, our conversation here. Uh, Andrew, you know, um, throughout uh, this process, we had spoken quite a bit about a North American contract, a North American standard contract. In your mind, how do you think we did in attaining that? Or, or how would you even, in your mind, or in your words, go about defining something like that? Uh, good question, Daz. That's that's actually a pretty hard question to answer. However, uh, I'll do my best here. We got some of the big wins uh, we got through this contract were scope, um, uh, getting rid of LOU2, bringing Swoop into the fold, uh, capturing language on Sunwing. Um, uh, outside of scope, take-home pay was uh, has always been a big issue for our pilots, and uh, and we managed to clean that up quite well. Uh, WSP was also a bit of a contentious issue with the amount that we had to contribute, so another big win there. Um, 
you know, this, uh, a lot of people came here. It was a lifestyle uh, type place to live and work. And uh, I think we got uh, a lot of that sorted out again with the company, uh, the company recognizing that, that to draw pilots in, we need, we need to see how we can increase the lifestyle uh, a little better. And then as well, uh, overall pay increases, um, you know, 15 and a half percent may not seem like much to, to a lot of people. However, when you look south of the border, um, those rates were maybe a, a touch higher than that. You know, Delta was 18 percent, things like that. However, uh, Delta and American and a lot of those carriers uh, haven't had a contract uh, increase in years. Uh, it's been three, sometimes four years in places. So, so that 18 percent increase is, uh, it loses a little value uh, on that. Along those same lines, it's interesting. We talk quite often about what uh, the American carriers have and we don't have. But I'm wondering, maybe, Joel, if you could touch on some of the things uh, that we've come across in negotiations that they don't have that we do have. Yeah, sure, Des. There's actually quite a bit that we often take for granted as WestJet pilots that we do have that our peers don't have. Even looking at things as simple as like uh, our minimum monthly guarantee of 77 and a half hours, like that's fairly high in the industry, if not one of the higher ones. A lot of our peers in other airlines like have variable MMGs or they're down near 70 hours. So when you see like hourly rates that are slightly exceeding ours, when you start to figure out the base salary, ours is actually higher, even though the the, the hourly rate is lower. So stuff like that, very or vacation credit hours per day, we have some industry leading numbers there, as well as a few other metrics. Like we really do stand out as a major North American airline. Yeah, it seems that way. So often in these situations, you know, we get around to contract negotiations and our focus is primarily on money or lifestyle. But my understanding is there are numerous uh, gains that we made in regards to safety or how our safety committees and other committees have influence on what's going on within our company. Is that true, Tracy? Absolutely. There's the, the cooperation that we had with our SMBs throughout all of this was impressive. We've had... Uh, um, many meetings with um, our safety, centralized safety committee, our scheduling review committee, a lot of them came down to the bargaining table uh, to go through language with us, uh, make sure that we, we get what we're looking for. Um, and we have made some significant gains in, in some of those areas of the contract that, that people don't generally turn to when they first get the contract. I mean, we've, we've made significant gains in the, in the training uh, section with our pilot training uh, committee. We've made significant gains in the hotel section with the help of Wendy, our um, Steve Kurzbaugh was down helping us out with our uh, safety section. Um, so it, it's those small pieces that, you know, generally pilots don't look at or appreciate until they need them. Um, but we've got significant improvements in the contract on those sections. Excellent. You know, uh, a lot of the time as pilots, we look at the compensation piece, but I think most of our pilots know now, or they have learned if they didn't know previously, a contract's not worth the paper it's written on if there isn't scope language to underpin it. Joel, I understand that was one of your areas of expertise. Uh, yeah, thanks, Des. Uh, I kind of fell into it, to be honest with you, like mostly because uh, I was available at the time to start looking at it. So what we did, like everybody knows our current uh, CA1 scope language was the result of an arbitrated agreement going forward, right? So we need to turn to every ALPA resource available uh, through our legal counsel, Joel Hoderick, uh, the director of representation, Andrew Down in Vallow. We had external counsel from downtown Toronto, as well as multiple experts in scope from ALPA down in the States. Uh, we set out to try and uh, overhaul the scope language. So I think the important takeaway with scope here is everything's prohibited unless it's allowed explicitly in the scope language. Yes, most definitely. And, and 
as you mentioned before, this is uh, our, our first CA had quite a bit of an arb- arbitrated component to it, not the least of which LOU2. Uh, with that in mind, what exactly is going to be happening to Swoop? So Swoop was uh, one of the final pieces of the puzzle that came together for us, and we think it presents a pretty good path forward for both us as pilots within the West, at WestJet and the company as well. So within, uh, by October, I believe it was, uh, five tails are going to be transferred from Swoop over to the WestJet AOC, at which point the number of maximum tails at Swoop will be reduced by five. Another five tails are going to happen in the spring next year, and the remaining six will happen in the fall next year as well. So while we don't know what will happen to the Swoop brand, and that remains a business decision for the company, we do know that all the pilots that are flying the Swoop aircraft will be at WestJet wages and working conditions going forward. That's good news. That's really good news. Never a dull moment in aviation. Uh, We get Swoop taken care of. Next on the list, Sunwing. How are we going to manage that integration going forward? Andrew? Uh, Good question, Des. (laughs) Uh, Sunwing uh, represents an interesting uh, conundrum. However, with the legal counsel we've had and um, understanding how the process works and the language captured within the scope section as well as the LOU with regard to uh, swoop uh, operational integration, um, we have a process going forward which will involve the CIRB in an application for single employer. Uh, that, that has a certain timeline on it and once that application gets filed, we start the process of operational integration. That may not mean that the uh, AOCs are combined, however, what it does is, is sets the uh, sets the course for uh, the two bargaining units getting together and having a vote on who's going to be the successor bargaining agent. So Alpa and Unifor are the two uh, uh, bargaining units right now. We'll, uh, the, all the pilots will have a vote on on which one will be represented moving forward. Uh, the deal uh, that we we organized with the company on that is uh, if Alpa is the successor bargaining agent, we'll stick with our contract. Um, if Alpa doesn't uh, stay as a successor bargaining agent, then um, what happens is you have to then negotiate a joint collective agreement. Okay. Uh, with the uh, language that we have in this uh, TA, uh, upon if it were successfully ratis- ratified, how s- how confident are you that we'd be successful in a the wind down of swoop and b the integration of Sunwing? I I think uh, the language with swoop specifically I'll speak to. I think it's uh, it's understood with the company. Like the amount of efficiency gains that'll be gained by the company with the combined operation and no duplication of resource and the pilots being able to flow between different uh, colored tails. I think that'll be immense, and the company will realize that pretty quickly. So I think they're committed to this path forward with Swoop. As far as Sunwing, uh, obviously there's a little bit more uh, integration that needs to happen, mostly due to the acquisition of a whole separate airline and orders from government about uh, minimum service standards that need to be maintained. So I think that one will just take a little bit more time to be properly integrated. Okay, so obviously when contracts come up for renegotiation, the big thing that's on the pod's minds is compensation. So in your opinion, Andrew, what are the highlights or the points of this agreement that you think people should know most about? Well, I think there's been a bit of a misunderstanding in how the rates were calculated. So running through that, um, we managed to capture a 15.5% raise. So that's the first thing. First year, first year increase was 15.5%. Uh, looking at how the WSP system operates, um, it was recognized that it's a, it's a huge detriment to take-home pay uh, with us having to contribute 20% just to get a 20% match from the company. So uh, the company was willing to discuss it, and we managed to move half of the WSP into pay rates 
and then uh, the other half, that 10%, will get uh, added on, and it's and it it doesn't require a pilot to contribute in order for the company to put that 10% into Manulife now. Um, so for people that didn't contribute WSP, it's a it's a huge gain, and for people that did, it's a huge gain in take home pay. Um, so two two kind of key factors in our mandate uh, right. were captured in in kind of one section. Okay. So when I kind of look at it, I kind of break it down into kind of a layman's terms. I I look at it as new money and existing money that's been released. So the new money, if I'm correct, is the 15.5% plus the 3%, 3% and 2.5%. Yes. And then the existing money that's been released would be the 20% share purchase, uh, WestJet share purchase plan, which has been broken down to 9.1%, which goes on to our hourly rates. And then the 10% that is still in the WSP program and the stock payout, which is now broken down into 24 payments to be made on each each paycheck. Is that about right? Uh, that's exactly correct, Des. What are the financial benefits of, of having things done that way? So um, the increase is, uh, is the increase and uh, obvious, obvious benefits there. Uh, moving the money from uh, total WSP of 20% to 10%, allows for both increased pay rates, uh, which, uh, you know, always the question was, why don't we get WSP on overtime? Well, now, uh, with moving half the WSP into the pay rates, you're getting that overtime on that WSP. Um, as well, uh, looking forward, as we've, got, we've captured language on uh, finally achieving a pension, uh, if the association finds one that, uh, that meets all the metrics, um, that, uh, that money that's been put into the pay rates now becomes pensionable. How does the language on the pension differ in this CA than it did in the previous one? Well, the previous CA talked about uh, basically having a conversation with the company, and that's fine, but you can always have a conversation with the company. This language actually has targeted metrics that a pension would have to meet, uh, but if it meets those, those metrics, the company... Uh, if at the association's discretion or direction, I should say, will will attempt to negotiate uh, including us into that pension. One of the things that uh, I have been seeing pop up with the questions quite a bit is the long term, short term, who pays for it, how is it paid for, and what's a low lop question. Tracy, can you speak to that at all? Absolutely. Like I think there's been some confusion around this. The the company has always uh, been able to pay for the short-term disability. That's just a box that you tick when you select your benefits. We recognize that long-term disability was was something that a lot of the pilots wanted and for the company to pay for the long-term disability. Um, we pushed really hard on that piece, um, got a, a, a lot of pushback from the company on that, and ultimately we're not able to secure that. Uh, but we recognized that it did affect the pilot's take-home pay. So what we chose to do was um, take the cash equivalent payment that we get for the stock options, split that out over the uh, 24 pay periods per year, and then uh, put that as a line item on the, on the pay stub so that it would help offset the premiums of the long-term disability. Now, we introduced the term low lot because that's what Jazz uses for their line item. And we thought that as an industry, the pilots would understand what that meant. Unfortunately, it has caused more confusion than we expected. Uh, so we're probably going to go away from that terminology and just uh, put it on the line item. What exactly does LOLOP stand for? LOLOP stands for Loss of License uh, Offset Premium. Okay. And the reason Jazz called it that was so that only the pilots would be eligible for it because they're, the they're the only employee group that has a license. Um, 
And like I said, we were, we were hoping to use that term thinking it would, it would resonate with pilots and, and unfortunately it didn't. So we're, we're going to change that up and probably just have it as cash equivalent payment on the line item on the paycheck. But it's there to, uh, to allow um, pilots to have that additional cash to cover off some of their benefits or what, whatever else they want to spend it on. So that would fall under the existing money that is freed up for us to spend in a different way. Absolutely. Okay, I understand. So I just want to speak to the question about the North American Standard Contract. A lot of people look at that or, or, or say that term, and they're looking at one metric, which is the, the pay scales. I just want to send a, a huge shout out to uh, John Janicki and Mike Matika. They came in and endless hours going through sections eight, which is scheduling, section nine, which is hours of service, and section 10, which is reserve. Um, they uh, spoke to their uh, colleagues down in the States at multiple different Alpha Airlines, and we managed to find best practices for a North American industry standard system. And that's what they've given us and produced in those sections for us. So just wanted to sort of recognize that a North American standard contract isn't just that one metric to pay, that it involves many things from the reserve system to the call-out system to reassignment to scheduling. Um, and I do believe that those, those guys delivered that for us. So we've talked quite a bit about the dollars and cents of this uh, agreement in this negotiation process. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I'm going to ask you, what is your personal favorite thing uh, that to take away from this agreement? Well, there's, I think, honestly, there, there might be two for me. One, going into this, we had two huge weights that were on the backs of the pilots here. One, uh, relating to the separate wages and working conditions for Swoop, and two, the pending acquisition of Sunwing. The fact that both of those were resolved to our satisfaction throughout this whole process, and we still make gains and everything else, like that's a major thing. And two, looking back as to where we've come in the past four years, we had an arbitrated agreement four years ago. Uh, after decades of uh, uh, work rules with previous working agreements, right? So now that we've torn down all the remaining legacy portions of the agreement that don't work for us anymore with 1,800 pilots, we're able to build up for what we need it to be. So going forward now, I think CA3 and beyond, uh, we're looking at a much better place where the foundation's in place, the formulas are written, and now we can truly grow at a much uh, greater pace. That is exciting. How about you, Andrew? Um, I would also like to uh, probably put forth a couple. Um, I have uh, have had the absolute pleasure of working with two of the most hardworking individuals I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's it's been magic watching this. Uh, we had uh, with that's with Joel and Tracy. Um, we had Mark Berger come in and help us out as well, um, which uh, which was great. He he helped us uh, focus a little bit when we needed to, and uh, was instrumental in in where we went. Um, second thing I would say is uh, uh, I had uh, had a nice chat with a first officer, fairly new, a couple of years in, uh, yesterday after a roadshow in Calgary, and uh, he said uh, he said I wanted to thank you very much for what you did, and uh, this contract is going to be life changing for me. So that's really all I need. Yeah, that's pretty special. That's pretty special. How about you, Tracy? Uh, I guess I'm going to have to come up with two as well now. Um, I guess the first one was I'd never really been involved with the, the association or the union before this. And, and just to be part of the team and the camaraderie and the work ethic was just amazing to see. And I, I from a personal growth standpoint, uh, that was amazing for me. Um, from, from a negotiation standpoint, at, at the end of the negotiations, we had a discussion with uh, Peter Simpsons, who is the uh, lead conciliator for the government. 
while we were waiting for the uh, LEC to vote on the contract that, or the TA that we'd brought forward. And he said something that, that sort of really sort of hit home, for, I think, for all of us, which there's, he had never seen uh, an employee group fundamentally change the way a company does business. And, and the fact that sort of it, you work so hard and you just drive towards the goal that you don't actually see what you're achieving until you get there. And, and I think hearing that from someone who's been in the industry for 30 some odd years was, was pretty special. And the fact that we had made gains in 80% of the articles that we put forward. So I, I think it's one of those, you don't recognize what you've done until you step away a little bit. Um, and, I, and I you know, absolutely have to give kudos to the two guys standing here with me that I, I don't think we would have accomplished it without the team that we, we brought forward. Uh, you know what, Tracy, building off what you said, you know, Peter Simpson, I think his name was, he said that uh, this process has fundamentally changed the way uh, WestJet does business. I think it's fundamentally changed the way this pilot group looks at itself and its future, and that is really worth something. So to all of you guys for all the hard work that you've done, thank you very much. And to uh, all the pilots that are out there listening to this podcast, thank you very much uh, as, as our union brothers and sisters. Uh, this really has been a significant event in our history. And so, as always, stay informed, stay up to date, read your fast reads. But more importantly at this time, read the contract, get informed, ask questions, get them answered. And most importantly, vote. Thanks again for tuning into this edition of Pirate. <laughs>